0: All right. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, in to another episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, the 50th episode of the podcast coming to you live on a Wednesday night recording, a random Wednesday night. We have a great show for you lined up today. We are going to be doing reports from around the realm a little bit larger in a contender special where we're going to break down our favorite contender picks for each position moving forward looking for a little bit of value instead of paying that high price why pay extra when you could pay less and get a similar result with that being said this episode is sponsored by underdog fantasy use our code monarchy m o n a r c h y and get a free $100 deposit match $100 in bonus cash is yours if you use our code m o n a r c h y let's go
1: why hello there my fellow kings and queens Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace.
0: Here we go, episode number 50 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, 5-0, the big 5-0 as some would call it. It is thursday july 28th whoever you may be however you may be listening apple podcast spotify or any other welcome welcome in we got the guys back for another week jace out in the arizona desert keeping it down trying to stay cool max the super producer up in cleveland what's going on guys you know just trying to keep focused your screen's going
2: all crazy all different ways from on my screen and that's like a I don't know what that what that's called, like a disco room, we'll call it. But I'm doing really well, Peter, I'm excited to think that we're 50 episodes in is crazy. And when we're on our 1000th episode, this will be something to look back on for sure. So looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I'm actually doing a little bit of dog sitting right now. And I'm actually in the house where we originally decided to start this podcast, me, Peter, and Max, were having some Nice conversations over Discord, kind of planning things out, getting things moving, and, uh, you know, getting close to that year anniversary. It's It feels kind of, it feels pretty special to be in this house right now and to reminisce on all the good conversations we had before we even got going. You know,
2: it really it really is true. And just when you think about it, like I remember when we first got on a call, me, you, and Peter, and it was like kind of awkward, you know, I obviously yeah. went to high school with you and Peter, you, you guys talk baseball, you hit it off because you guys are seam heads, but... <laughs> when you look back at it and everything like our friendship has grown so much and that's like honestly what i'm most grateful for is just like texting and all the communication and stuff like that like yes peter still does piss me off more than not <laughs> my trades but i still love him and i love all you guys um i'm just i'm grateful i'm sorry to get sentimental but oh
0: No, I'm grateful for you guys, but a little bit more sentimental stuff is going to be coming up on our 52nd episode in a couple weeks. We will be announcing the jersey giveaway, another signed jersey. Uh, Two happy, happy recipients already. uh, The Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill jerseys already given away. We'll be announcing our next one for our one-year anniversary on the 52nd episode coming up. Before we get into the episode today, though, we have a good one for you. We have reports from around the realm making a return and then a contender special, but something I saw in the news that I did want to talk about, um, especially anybody that's fantasy football and, and football related, Kyler Murray. I, I saw his contract that he received from the, uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. And in it is, I believe, four hours of mandatory study time in film analysis every single week during the season. Mm -hmm. For those at home that that can't see it right now, I just have the biggest grin on my face. I used to pay to have eight hours of study time a day. (laughs) I can't imagine. I cannot imagine what it must be like to get paid to study.
3: Yeah, it's a, I'll tell you what, the one thing this reminds me of, I, I play a little bit of college baseball and we have these things called study tables every week. And it's a, I think it was six or eight hours a week. I can't remember exactly what it is, but you had to be in the library studying for an hour or two hours per night to get all these hours um, for the week. And it was, you were forced to study because, I mean, hey, there were some of us, actually, I'm not gonna leave a giant blanket statement. There are just people out there that, you know, don't, they take care of what you need to on the on the baseball field or the athletic field in general, but they don't take care of the books. So it's a way to get all of the, uh, the stu- all the student athletes studying and taking care of that student putting, portion,
0: putting the student in student athletes. E-
3: exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, Kyler was probably one of those guys. He was, he wasn't hitting the books and, uh, it doesn't seem like he's hitting the only books he really has to as a professional quarterback. And they're, they're trying to find a way to get him
2: in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to think that I do a pretty decent amount of studying uh, I just thought when Peter was talking, I was like, I wonder how much time I've spent on the sleeper bot this week. So it's only Wednesday, um, which means it's uh, this this week starts on Sunday. So basically four days. How long do you guys think I've spent on the sleeper bot this week?
0: Sleeper bot, for those out there that don't know, is a fantasy football platform. But I don't know. I feel like at least four, four hours a day.
3: Yeah, I would have to be in that three to four hour range for sure a day i it wouldn't surprise me man i feel like a lot You're of our free. communication comes out of the sleeper bot i just see mzoller 12 popping up left and right on there
2: what, what what do you got what you got so just this week i've only been on it for two hours and three minutes so about 30 minutes a day um last week i was on it for five hours and 38 minutes um the week before that four hours 15
0: um wow so- i'm a terrible friend
2: Dude, me, yeah. me, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm glad
0: Max, that it seems uh, like
2: you're on it all the time. I just, I just, whenever I'm on it, I just kind of go on there check if I can make any trades and then I'm kind of like, Oh, there's nothing I can do because I've traded everything I could and done nothing. So, you know what? I
3: think uh, it might only be, you know, less than an hour per day from what the stats you've just given us. But I think at the same time, you might not be on the app for that long three, four hours a day, but I know,
0: the four sleeper hours. bot
3: is running through your head for at least four hours a day. Even if you're not on the app, you're scheming up them trades and getting there's, it going. There's some oh.
0: oldie song. I can't remember, but it goes like, you were always on my mind.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's Max. That's a little, just,
0: Willie,
3: Nelson, little yeah. Willie Nelson song.
2: Oh, I'm ca- like, literally I'm sitting at my desk. And I'm like, man, how can I make the trade? Or I'm texting people about trades. Like the sleeper bot four hours is just like me sending out trades. Like, the amount of texts that I send to Peter, Jace, Nixie, whoever it is, I mean, we're looking at 10 plus hours a week on it. <laughs> so it's it's a full time job, but I, uh, I love it and I do it for free. I'd you know what, Max?
0: You know what, Max? I wish I wish we could pay you two hundred and fifty million dollars over like, what is it, 10 years or something like that for Kyler? Five sure. years?
3: Yeah, I don't know the exact details, but... I uh, wish I could
0: pay you $250 million to have four hours of independent sleeper bot time, but oh yeah, alas, we haven't hit it that big yet.
2: Not yet, but if you hit the mega millions, I think it's up to a billion, a billion dollars these days. Billy. So, it is cash out million. option,
0: cash out option 680 million. Okay. Wow. But you, you, you
2: donate 250 million to me, I'll be on the sleeper bot 24-7.
0: Max, it's a deal. It is a deal. All right. Before we get into the episode, did want to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog fantasy lets you draft a season long best ball team in just seconds. And for those unfamiliar out there, what is best ball, you may ask? It is stress free fantasy football. Best ball takes all the players that you've drafted, doesn't make you set a lineup and just automatically plugs in your best player. So there's no waivers, there's no trades, there's no roster decisions, start-sit decisions. It's all stress-free fantasy, and your draft is the key. Nick C., super producer, give me a start-sit decision that
1: didn't go well for you last year. So this one, it wasn't really last year, but it's one that has haunted me for uh, my over my years of fantasy football. And I think it was in a redraft league, but I was in the championship in this one league and I had to start a tight end and I really didn't have any good options. I think I was choosing between Cameron Brait and Chris Herndon and I chose Cameron Brait, and he put up like one point and I ended up losing. But if I would have started Herndon, I would have won the championship. As a Jets
0: fan, you made the right decision, not starting Chris Herndon, no matter what. Um, but no, the, the the start set decisions do stink. And that's why best ball is a great format. If you're trying to ease yourself into fantasy football, use our code MONARCHY uh, at Underdog Fantasy. You get a free deposit match up to $100, $100 in free bonus cash if you use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. let's get into reports. All right. First news, we... Briefly touched on it, Kyler Murray's $230.5 million deal over five years. We talked about that a little bit, but what do we think about the actual deal and what the Arizona Cardinals have committed to here?
2: Hey, I mean, when you break the number down, it's like you say 230 million and a half. To me, it's like, I wonder how those negotiations go where Kyler's like, you know, I want that other half a million dollars. And by that time, they're already giving him 230 million. They're like, Well, shit, what's another half million? And they toss it in there. So, I don't know. It's kind of like Peter when you're negotiating trades. He's like, hmm, I like it, but I want something irrational. Uh, So, that's how I think it would go. But I think the Arizona Cardinals committing to Kyler Murray. He's only 24 years old. He hasn't done anything. I think Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat this year. But I just – I don't see them winning it this year. I mean, Hopkins has suspended six games. James Conner, we'll talk about him later on, but I don't know. He's a short Russian quarterback. I don't know if he's worth that much money personally.
3: Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. I think everyone's – I'd like to see, you know, if Cliff ends up out of Arizona in the future, I'd like to see how Kyler puts it together in the second half because a large part of the narrative surrounding Kyler is he can't get it done in the second half, whether it's injury or just uh, lack of supporting weapons around him. But, you know, I said once, I forget how long ago it was, but I felt like the Cardinals were closer to a rebuild than competing. And I feel like they're just kind of in the middle right now, Max. I feel like you're getting onto that with James Connors age and D hops age, and they've re-signed AJ green. And, you know, Kyler's a young dude. I think they're going to do their best to protect him this year. That O-line though is highly questionable. So I think he's going to have to run more than he probably wants to and more than the Cardinals want to, but, um, I don't know. It doesn't really matter how small he is to me. He can get out of the pocket. He can make passes out of all the rushing quarterbacks in the league, other than Josh Allen. He's probably the most proven passer. So I, I think he's a good piece. I'm as a relative Cardinals fan, because I live out here, I'm glad they locked him up. Um, Cause I think you can, I think you can really build around a guy like that. And then the fact that they brought in Hollywood Brown and are going to give him a nice big extension uh, from all the reports. I think this team is, it's trending in the right direction, but I think they're trending much more towards a rebuild at this point.
0: Yeah. And in, in my humble opinion, uh, I, I look at Kyler Murray and I'm probably the same height as him, but we all call him a midget, but Kyler Murray, in my opinion, doesn't have the longevity in the league that we're accustomed to for these quarterbacks. Like we saw Philip Rivers play for, you know, 18 years, Ben Roethlisberger, all these like storied quarterbacks of the last couple of years that have retired have been, long for the NFL, and a lot of the Russian quarterbacks haven't. Now, it's not enough that he's a great rusher, but he's five, like, let's be honest, he's – I think he's like a list 5'10". Yeah, pro football reference has him at 5'10". I think he's probably 5'8". My driver's license is 5'10", so I'm a list 5'10", too. But in my opinion, I I really don't think that he – is good enough to last past this contract, and I think that's why it was a big deal for him to get some guaranteed lockdown money and why he caused a big stink. I think he's nervous about his future career always being hurt the last three years. Um, So, uh, you know, if he can stay on the field and doesn't get hurt, they improve the offensive line, great. He's going to be incredible, but I, I just can't see that happening.
2: Peter, I, I always love talking about how Tall you are. It makes me think of. Uh, I think it was sophomore year. You'd always go around and tell everyone, "Oh yeah, I'm five eleven. I'm six yeah,
0: I just. Oh yeah, definitely would th- that would happen. Yada yada
2: yada. I'm like Peter. Let's get a tape measure and measure you. And you're like, "Oh
0: yeah, I don't have one of those." You know, so false, so false.
3: Yeah, I. Hey, yeah, we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> it's nice that we know where he's going to be for fantasy moving forward. And uh, I, you know, from that regard. Kyler gets it done for sure, and he's he's going to rank really highly for me for the next five
0: years until he finishes out that contract for sure. All right, moving forward, let's take a look. Kyle Rudolph, one-year, $2 million deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do they get a yay or an aye? Like, like really quick. This isn't uh, – Cameron and or Kyle Rudolph this upcoming season? Rudolph me, the red-nosed reindeer. Oof red red zone reindeer Ooh, I like
2: that I might draft him just for that name I uh I'd have to go with Cameron Brait,
3: and then it's just I, I we tweeted out a stat not too long ago of red zone targets in the five or uh, within the five or ten I forget exactly what it was but Cameron Brait ranked up there pretty highly with a lot of high-end pieces I he was surrounded by like Mark Andrews and Dawson Knox a lot of these big time touchdown getters that we've relied on in the past Brait just things haven't really gone his way but Either one of these guys, they're not going to do anything for your fantasy roster. But if you play daily fantasy on FanDuel or DraftKings or wherever I think that's where these guys are best suited.
0: Yeah, I think Kyle Rudolph's worth the best ball spot, in my opinion. He's he's got a nose for the end zone, literally. Wink wink. Red nose for the end. You got it? You got it? Okay. Oh yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah. Um, no, but he, he's definitely going to have his games. I feel like he'll have like a, a two-touchdown game at some point this upcoming season. It's just in his nature, especially with the new addition to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we'll discuss now. Julio Jones signed a one-year $6 million deal. I know we'll be discussing Julio a little bit later, but just initial thoughts and impacts on the Bucs.
2: That's a, I mean, that's a decent chunk of money, one year $6 million to be wide receiver three, four on the team. Um, You can definitely tell they're going for it, obviously, with Brady and Kyle Rudolph, these two old heads, and now Julio and the team that they have, Leonard Fournette getting up there in age, but I don't know. I think he could make an impact if Godwin was to start the season on the pup, but it looks like he's practicing and he's healthy. I don't know if he's practicing, but I heard he's on track to start week one, whatever that means.
3: Yeah, you know, I think Julio, he's been kind of left for dead, especially after the year he had in Tennessee, but... You know, it kind of gives me some Randy Moss vibes when he, uh, you know, towards the end of his career became a New England Patriot, and I don't have it right in front of me, but I I believe he was around the same age range as Julio Jones is now, like the 32 to 33-year-old, and we saw a giant resurgence from Randy Moss, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. The narrative's absolutely there, but, you know, in, in 2020, in the shortened season, Julio Jones missed a lot of time. But in the games that he played, I mean, the dude was electric. I mean, looked like he was all the way back. So if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think probably the target volume that he used to receive is probably out the window. But when you got Tom Brady throwing you the rock and you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you're going to have a ton of scoring opportunities. So I think anyone that picked him up off of the waiver wire in their dynasty leagues or acquired him for a third, I do think they're in for a nice little profit if they're competing this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll discuss Julio a little bit later uh, and particularly my opinions on him. All right. Moving on. Kyle Shanahan has now stated that Trey Lance is going to be the guaranteed starter. Jimmy Garoppolo should soon find a new home. Uh, Let's talk about Trey Lance. this upcoming season, being able to step into that quarterback one role. We saw it for two games last year. Projecting out a full season. Do you find him in the top 12 for fantasy go getters? 100%
2: just with the rushing upside alone I think his legs could get him in the top 12 easily Um, depends obviously what happens with Debo and if you can take the step forward and Kittle can stay healthy in the passing game but I think his legs will help him out there Um, I don't like the word guaranteed starter because like if Trey Lance was to god forbid like tear his Achilles tomorrow or something they'd keep Jimmy G obviously but I guess it's bearing injury and I'm just picking needles out of a haystack so I like his legs that sounds weird but I like his legs and I like his rushing upside. So give me top 12.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think he's definitely in the top 12. I think his legs are just going to, if he's healthy, he guarantees himself into the top 12. And I think kind of on the lower end of things, I think what we saw out of Jalen hurts last year is what we can kind of expect as a middle ground uh, for Trey Lance this upcoming season. And like Max said, if these pass catchers can stay healthy and take the steps forward that they need to, he's got weapons all over the field. And if, Uh, you know, that raw arm of his can develop into an NFL talent or true NFL passing talent. Quarterback one is not out of the realm of possibilities. And, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a master of scheming up easy passes. That's why Jimmy G was such a success, such a successful game manager. I mean, Shanahan schemed up the plays. Jimmy G just had to throw an accurate pass to the guy wide open. So if the same things can go on in San Francisco, um, Trey Lance is going to do some damage this year for sure.
0: Yeah, in particular, I think Trey Lance is a great bet for Dynasty. Um, if you're at any like kind of form, so whether you're competing, you're rebuilding, or you're kind of somewhere in the middle, I feel like Trey Lance is a piece that would be good to have. Uh, obviously, not completely overpaying unless it's in Superflex, but I, I really feel like he has a lot of versatility and fluidity with the roster space. Because of that rushing upside, he can be your starting quarterback if you're competing this year. Obviously, you'd want a backup plan. But I feel like he is good enough to be a starting quarterback on a competitor team, but also on a rebuilding team as well.
3: I I will say I do worry about him a little bit as a rebuilder. I know the age is nice, and if things work out, he is like one of these guys. You're going to have him for a long time, and he's going to be a cheat code for a long time, kind of like Lamar set up to be right now. But he is such a raw – quarterback I mean he hardly played in college he barely played last year I was even considering him a rookie on a a couple episodes ago because of the fact he hasn't played that much ball Um, I bet he played more games in his senior year of high school than he's played in college and pros combined but um, I that I think it's going to be risky if if his arm talent can't shine through if he can't make NFL uh, caliber passes I think I think his career could be a lot shorter than people currently have him pegged for right now.
2: That would really suck though, for the Niners to trade the draft capital that they traded to go up and get him Um, is absolutely crazy. And Jace, I think you've been hanging out with Peter too much. Uh, You can't be calling second year guys, rookies. (laughs) And I get, they love the Ben Simmons rookie talk. And there's another guy, Jalen hurts. They they think he's a rookie still. So just uh, be weary. Fair enough. I'm
3: I'm wary. I'm wary. I, I think
0: I think Jalen's a rookie next year. You know, last year <laughs> he really didn't get to throw a lot, so he's he, arm wise he's a rookie, but right. leg wise he's a he's a, a vet.
3: Yes, certainly, certainly.
0: Uh, moving on, Ramondre Stevenson looks like he's getting the number one touches out there in New England, looking to lead the backfield. Last year, that was led by Damian Harris. Looks like Ramondre kind of taken over one Bill Belichick's favor. What are we feeling with him?
2: I wouldn't, we're going to talk about it in the episode, but just I got like eight reports on sleeper today of, oh, this person looks good or, oh, this person looks bad or sitting out. It's July 28th when you're listening to this episode. There's still a month and a half till the season. Injuries can happen, stuff like that. And especially in a Bill Belichick offense, I think Damian Harris still gets the goal line work. I mean they have a load of running backs to use so I, I think it's if you have Stevenson you can sell this dip or the sell this peak go for it but I don't trust it really
0: amp overhype right now
2: yeah 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 you got to be a lot of this stuff should be in one ear
3: out the other one it's just a, unless it's a guy you really like then sure let's uh let's get the choo choo train going but as it pertains to New England running backs I don't want any of them I don't want to touch them with a 10 foot pole and it's not that I don't think they're going to be good because I do think they're going to be good it's just going to be such a headache each week trying to decide which guy is going to get the ball in the red zone which guy's going to get the bulk of the work and I think the one thing with Ramondre is that He's shown the ability to both run in between the tackles and have a little bit of that catch tool as well. So if there was gonna be a three down back in the system, it would be Ramondre. Damian Harris can't catch the ball. He's very Ronald Jones-esque. So I think if you have him, um, Max, I'm with you. If there's hype going around, you can sell him for a second rounder right now. Sign me up for that all day. but otherwise, if you're not getting nice offers, hold on to him because maybe some injuries fall his way and he ends up a three down back on that New England Patriots system that's that scored a lot of points. I know they, they run a slow offense, but they scored a lot of points last year, and I bet they will again this year.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, I really think Ramondre, off like the visual stuff, was a baller last year. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of great stats, but I think – if he's even a, able to take like a 10% extra workload this year, finds himself in a couple extra touchdowns, he's 100% worth of a roster spot. And he's 100%, he's 100% worth going out and trading for, in my opinion. You know, back end second. Just to back end second, a couple third round picks to somebody. Uh, obviously with this news coming out, but once the hype kind of dies down, I would 100% send that.
3: Sure.
0: All right. Moving on. A little bit of sad news to wrap up our last two points. Chris Carson is retiring due to his neck injury. Um, Not to dance on the grave of Chris Carson, but this does mean good things for Rashawn Penny this upcoming season and Kenneth Walker.
2: I like how you said, and Kenneth Walker, because Rashawn Penny, we got to see it for a full season. Obviously, he's going to start camp and the season as the starting running back but that team's going to be down a lot and i just don't know if they're going to be running the ball as much as people think so and rashad penny i mean he's been in the league this is his third or fourth year now and he's done it in maybe four games so i need to see it from him consistently before i say yes i'm buying it on the penny hype
3: yeah i'm out on both running backs over there in seattle i think that team's just going to be poo poo bad offensive line chasing points both running backs have never shown the tendency to catch passes i'm just like More so than the New England system. I'm just like, I don't want to touch these guys. But back to Chris Carson, it's, you know, his story, his injury, it's way better that he's not playing football. He made a smart life move. The dude is, uh, let's see, he's 27, about to turn 28. I mean, that just feels so ancient when we're talking fantasy football. But like, the guy's about to be just five years older than I am right now. And I still feel like a kid. So I'm sure he does a little bit himself. But Great career, uh, went over a thousand yards twice, 1151 in 2018, 1230 in 2019. Uh, I mean, he was, a, he was a fantasy staple there for a while and a really solid contributor and sad to see him go, but I'm glad he made the right uh, life decision for himself. And maybe we see him in the broadcast booth or something like that. And uh, we, get, we get a little more Chris Carson in our lives.
0: We, uh, me and Big Mike won a lot of money. Uh, Chris Carson, I think it was week 16 fantasy championship pounded a ball in the end zone. Yeah, baby. I think this was like three years ago now. Um, but now I'll always have fond memories of Chris Carson. It's a, it's a shame that he's done, but you know what, here's the better things moving forward. Final piece of news, John Mechie diagnosed with a treatable form of leukemia. John Mechie was one of our bigger underdog sleeper kind of picks. Uh, in this rookie draft, I loved his tape, love, love, love his tape. He's unlikely to play the season, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, everyone here at the podcast wishes him a speedy recovery and, uh, and the best thoughts and prayers moving forward for his likely battle with, uh, with this form of cancer. But assuming that he is able to come back healthy next year, which we fully believe, what are you considering his range in this houston texans starting lineup i mean brandon cooks gets another year
2: older i don't think dougie mills is the guy so let's say they get stroud or someone like that i mean he he, he was really good at alabama you know he, some injuries and now this it's a couple unlucky breaks but i really do think he can bounce back and he's a he's a great talent so i mean if you're playing at alabama at one of their star wide receiver positions you have you have talent man
3: Yeah. Mechie was never like one of my favorite prospects per se, just because I felt like he lacked a lot of upside that I think other guys had, but as it goes for like safe, as close as you can get uh, for NFL caliber wide receivers coming out of college. I think John Mechie was one of them. I feel like he was a pretty polished package. He was going to be a good supportive piece in an air raid offense. I think he was set up for a nice role this year to get his career going, but a little bit of step back. I, I do think he's going to bounce back from this and come out of things uh, on the brighter side. And those who play fantasy baseball, you would know Trey Mancini and you would know Carlos Carrasco, uh, both guys who struggled with cancer over the past couple of years and they bounced back and uh, really balled out. And, you know, maybe that's a higher power, maybe that's karma, whatever you want to believe in. But I do think uh, the that the fact that these guys are going to have to battle through this is going to make them stronger people. And uh, it's not a direct correlation or anything like that, but I think uh, they're going to – I think John Mechie's due for a nice little uh, bounce back after struggling with cancer like he is right now. So thoughts and prayers up to him for sure. All
0: right, that's all we got for our reports. Let's move now into our contender special. This week we're going to be taking a look at the running back, wide receiver, and tight end position, giving you one – person that is definitely undervalued in our community at this point and saying, if you're trying to win this year, go out and get this guy. So first and foremost, let's take a look at the running back position. Max, let's have you start.
2: I always, I like that, Peter. Um, When we're just talking about value and everything like this, I actually just traded away this player. I got him and then I traded him, but it's Aaron Jones. I think so many people are scared of AJ Dillon and I think they have every right to be but if Aaron Jones continues to do what he's done the past three years in that offense as a prominent cast pass catcher and as a like workhorse running back with no Devonte Adams in a team that we think is going to be winning a lot of the games and get a lot of work. Um, he's a league winner for sure. I mean, do you get to play the, the lions a couple of times a year? Um, but I just, I like it because he's really the only guy in that offense and he's proven it three years in a row, uh, I do worry a little bit about AJ Dillon, but his value is so good right now where people kind of forget about him and they go they gravitate towards the bigger names like Dalvin Cook or Kamara or Zeke or Derrick Henry, who's gonna be 29 in January. Like I'd rather have the 27-year-old Aaron Jones, who's tiny. Well, he's only five nine, I think, but give me Aaron Jones and I think he can win some championships this year. Yeah, I, I
3: am infatuated with Aaron Jones this upcoming season, especially in full point PPR. He's been the second and second on his team in targets with Matt LaFleur as the head coach ever since Matt LaFleur has been there. And a big narrative for Aaron Jones was always that he's super touchdown dependent, um, which sure. That's one thing. That's a negative, but I think it can also be a positive. He's shown a nose for the end zone. That's that scheme that they're running over there has given him the ball. Um, in the red zone and close to the end zone. So, um, you know, if he's going to be catching a ton of passes, I'm looking at his uh, reception totals right now. So uh, past three years, 52, 47, 49. I think he's going to blow past that this upcoming season. And if he's putting up eight to 12 touchdowns, like he's done over the past few years, I mean, you're looking at likely a top five running back, if not top three. And if things fall the right way, top one i i mean i really could see it if cmc or um
2: jt gets banged up or if i mean we talk about it so much we talked about this last year with like cream cream hunt nick chubb if aj dylan was to go down oh yeah oh my gosh man this guy would be gold as yes. to a competitor so if i'm a competitor i'm going out and i'm trying to get as many aaron jones shares as i can for sure
3: absolutely i like i like both of these guys i think this is I, I used to talk about it all the time. I think this is very similar to the Brown system. And now that uh, the Green Bay Packers are missing Devontae Adams and some, um, you know, MBS and some receiving options that they've had over the past couple of years, I think this team is going to want to run the ball. I, I think they're going to have to. And I think both of these guys are going to be successful. And I would make a pretty good sizable bet that they both end up in the top 24.
0: All right, moving on, let's take a look. Jace, who's your running back that you need on your competitor's team?
3: Yeah, so mine's kind of like a weird pick. You know, I I feel like there's a lot of top-end guys that I really want, Um, but for me, it's Antonio Gibson, and I think this probably comes out, this is a shock to a lot of people listening right now, and it's because everyone's, you know, so down on him right now. I think you can go get a starting running back in the nfl for probably i don't even know if you have to pay a first at this point you could pay a few seconds and like a a tony pollard piece or something you might be able to get that to to go through right now i think everyone's really down on him i see the downside as well you know jd mckissick catching passes and brian robinson running it in in the red zone and then antonio gibson's left as an in-between the tackles runner in between the 20s and that's just like an absolute nightmare that's basically what Clyde Edwards helaire has been over the past couple years and we've seen how unfortunate that is for fantasy but i don't know gibson's gotten the job done since he's been in the nfl i know he's had some fumbling issues in the red zone but last year 1037 yards seven touchdowns on the ground um also added three through the air so he's had 11 touchdowns as a rookie and then 10 as a sophomore He does get the job done. I feel like that coaching staff over there wanted to surround him with pieces to maybe compete with and just to help their to bolster their professional roster. But I do think the price that you can get Antonio Gibson now uh, versus what he's been in the past is well worth a look, well worth a buy. And even if he's not your running back one or running back two, I think he's a perfect candidate as your RB three that you can slot in when injuries happen or the matchups aren't good.
0: I think a year ago, he was probably going for like three firsts.
3: Yeah. I mean, all that CMC, you know, riverboat Ron going, he's going to be, we want to use him like Christian McCaffrey. And it all made perfect sense. It was him and JD McKissick. And at that point we were all kind of laying JD out for dead and Antonio Gibson, former wide receiver in college, it was all right there for him. And, you know, the Brian Robinson hype has gotten really, really big. I think that's going to slow down. And I think it's, I'd really, I'm really curious to see how that works out because I am, I'm not the biggest Brian Robinson guy. I'm not that worried. Gibson's gotten it done in the red zone for the most part. I I think he's due for a nice, I bet he gets over a thousand yards again. And I bet he gets pretty close to that 10 touchdown again. And I think you're getting at a, at a Supreme discount right now.
2: I I couldn't agree more. Like I have him right now. And like, he is 24 and I don't know my window is like a year or two and I just can't really wait on him. But I think if I'm a competitor, I would be wanting Antonio Gibson so much because of the discount that you can get him at. And we got to remember that Carson Wentz this is, is
0: This is Max just trying to ship him to me right Peter, now. You don't, you don't want him. I, I offered you <laughs> a mega. This is Max. Trade. This is typical Max.
2: Peter, I offered you a mega trade, and you said no. But anywho, I think he's a great value. I'm going to plug him in as my running back two, behind A.J. Dillon as my running back one, and then ETN in the flex here. Um, but I just think... With Carson Wentz at the helm, he likes to check it all down, and they're not—they're not—they're not going far, man. I mean, yeah. they're the commies, but they're not going far. So no comms. Um, for, yeah. I, I think he's worth more than a couple seconds. Like, I think a back end first is totally reasonable. Yeah. Like, I'd sell him for one ten or one eleven. So. I probably wouldn't do that with the 23
3: class, but a 24 first is definitely something I'd be willing to offer over if I'm going for it. And I think that's something you could easily get to go through. And also like we talked about it, um, you know, just a second ago with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, if AJ Dillon goes down, what is, what do things look like for Aaron Jones? JD McKissick has missed a ton of time over the past few years, especially towards the back half of last year when it, I mean, I forget the actual play but I just remember walking away one week on JD McKissick might never play football ever again Um, Brian Robinson still a rookie didn't get a whole lot of draft capital not nothing not anything that you necessarily love Um, I just think if injuries fall Antonio Gibson's way the dudes I mean he's locked in could really be a three down uh, workhorse and you know he racked up 42 receptions last year that's nothing to sneeze on so if JD goes down I think we're talking top 10, top 12 again.
0: All right, let's keep moving on. My personal pick, I know it might come with some flack. I feel like you could really pick this guy up for a back-end first-round pick, and he definitely has the upside to be the number one running back, let alone top six, top 12. It's Tractor Cito himself, Derrick Henry. I understand he got hurt last year. Everybody's, oh, he's 28, blah, 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 blah. He's dirt cheap. And he has the potential upside to be the best running back in the league. Name another player that is literally that cheap that can finish as a top six running back. I think he's cheaper than Aaron Jones at the current moment.
3: That
2: was going to be my answer.
3: Yeah, I I think he's probably cheaper too. Um, Yeah, man, I I think one thing too, Henry is like, he is, he's racked up a ton of carries uh, you know, over the past four seasons. But when he was 22 and 23 years old, I remember him sitting behind DeMarco Murray and just waiting for Derrick Henry to, to break through. And he finally did. So, you know, the carry totals over the past four years aren't great, but he did kind of save himself earlier on in his career. And um, as things go points per game wise, Derrick Henry was the number one overall running back in half point PPR scoring in points per game. Now he only played 8 games but he was averaging 23 points per game. That He's is a freak. That is absolutely insane. And also another thing I want to bring up. This might not be relevant but they I don't know how much they want to do it, but this year it might become more of a necessity than ever. The past two years they've been trying to get him more and more involved in that passing game. So in 8 games last year, he racked up 20 targets and 18 receptions. He played 16 games the year before that. 31 targets, 19 receptions. So he almost eclipsed, uh, you know, his 20 or excuse me, his 2020 uh, receptions in eight games last year. Now they just lost AJ Brown. Um, They brought in Robert Woods, but he's recovering from an ACL. I think a little bit more of that passing game is going to go to Derrick Henry. And I bet if he plays a full season, he can rack up upwards to 30 catches and, uh, you know, we, we know all too well when he gets the ball in his hands, he's extremely tough to tackle and he's extremely tough to catch up to once he gets the afterburners going. So I love it. If you're going all in, um, Derek Henry's one of those elite, you know, storybook running backs that I think is he's probably got two more years on him. Honestly, uh, mm-hmm. the way he's built, I'm not saying elite, elite
2: production, but I do think he'll be fantasy relevant for the next two years. I think as a competitor, like Peter, you are hundred percent. I mean, this guy, He's going to be drafted in a redraft top 10 overall, honestly, probably. And there's good reason to it, but he turns 29, I think January 4th, I saw it, what it was. That's really, really old. You cannot tell me another running back. That's that old in a long time that continuously put up good numbers. Yes. Adrian Peterson would have some games here and there. Um, but like, it just makes me think of Todd Gurley, you know, so dominant for so many years and then just fizzled out. So I think if you have Derek Henry, which Peter, You can agree to and testify to. Um, You have to just be willing to ride him to zero because I think after the season, I think his value. I'm not, no one's trading for a 29 year old running back. No, no, like no one's going to do that. So
0: I'll ride him to zero. Yeah. If you're willing to
2: ride him to zero (laughs) and you're going for it, I think he's the perfect guy. I really do, Peter.
3: I think I'm with you. I think that's the way to look at things. I do think more likely than not, his value is going to hit zero at some point this season, or, or at least after the season. But I do think he's one of those generational backs that is going to kind of fight his way. You know, we're used to him being top three. I, I think over the next two seasons, if he finished top 24, more towards the back end, um, starts pulling some, you know, Zeke's had a ton more carries than Derrick Henry in his career. I don't have it right in front of me, but throughout college and ever since he got into the NFL, and here we are. People are talking about drafting Zeke in the second round of redrafts. I mean, um, I, I think Henry is gonna he's gonna get it done, just not to um, not to expectations that we've had over the past couple of years. So I, I don't think it's necessarily like all or nothing this year, fantasy production wise, but trade capital wise, yeah. If you're in on this year, you're riding them to zero.
0: Yeah, nothing more on the running backs. Let's move now into the wide receivers wide receiver section, and we'll go back and do snake draft like we always used to do, back in the good old days of the podcast. We love the snake. We do love the snake. Let's not get lost in the snake this time. We'll start with mine. I alluded to it earlier. Being a little bold here. Julio Jones. Uh, I was talking with Big Mike before the episode and I was like, really, eh, like, whatever. This Julio deal means nothing to me. He was very adamant saying that Julio is going to be extremely relevant this upcoming season because they can't guard all three guys there. You can't guard Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Jason and I were talking before the show as well, and they said, if you look at the tape from last season, somebody did some analysis. Julio was separating like he should be, like he usually does. But just because of the type of offense that it was in Tennessee, X, Y, Z, he wasn't getting the kind of results that he needed to be an elite level producer. I think Tom Brady obviously is the greatest quarterback of all time. And if anybody can revive Julio Jones's career, it's him. I'd be more than willing to pay a back in second round pick for this guy. Maybe not in 2023, throw some 2025s at him in case the guy's the uh, rebuilder. I think no matter what, he is definitely not worth a first round pick and at the potential that he could possibly achieve this year. That's a great discount.
2: I do agree. Um, We did see him kind of revitalize Antonio Brown's career there before he went crazy again. Um, But Godwin missing some time. He definitely will get the looks and targets. I don't know if I'm willing to pay a second. I think 25 seconds are worse than 23 thirds at this point or 20, like, the 25 classes is just, that's ancient to me. So I would totally be willing to pay that if I'm, if I'm competing and I need a wide receiver, but I wouldn't, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't move the needle at all for me in a trade.
3: Yeah. I, you know, the one thing that I keep going back to is just narrative street, Randy Moss. I, I got some of this stuff pulled up for you. So when he was 27 years old, his final year in Minnesota only put up 767 yards in 13 games. Then he put up 1,000 his first year in Oakland as a 28-year-old. Then he followed that up with 553 yards in 13 games in Oakland. And then he became a New England Patriot at age 30, put up almost 1,500 yards, 1493. Age 31 season, 1,008. And then age 32, 1264. And not to mention the touchdown totals over that. As a 30-year-old, he put up 23 touchdowns. That is freaking insane. And then uh, age 31, 11 touchdowns, age 32, 13 touchdowns. Who was his quarterback that entire time? Tom freaking Brady. TB12. If We've said it. If anyone's going to revitalize his career, it's Tom Brady. Um, A 24-second round pick, I think you could could acquire him for that. I think people would be selling him for that. I think a lot of people are out on him, um, scrolling around on Twitter, and I do think – Sure. The yards and catches might not be there, but if he put up 12 to 14 touchdowns, seems like a lot, but it really wouldn't surprise me, especially, uh, you know, kind of karma going his whole way. Matt Ryan would never throw him the ball in the end zone. He was putting up five, six touchdowns every single year, had a lot of DJ Moore treatment. Um, I I could see things going the complete opposite way around where he just catches a ton of touchdowns um, and doesn't rack up the yards and receptions, but he gets it done, so um man uh best ball daily fantasy this is going to be a cheap option that i'm plugging in all over the place for sure
0: julio i think is a very good option and again he's a dart throw but i'd rather have a dart throw with tom brady than dart throw with just about any other quarterback so let's keep moving forward uh jace your wide receiver
3: yeah, I'm actually going to pivot here because you uh, did a little editing in the show document. I'm going to steal a guy you had. I originally had Mike Williams. I'm a big Mike Williams guy, but we put out two uh, Mike Williams trivia tweets in a row on Twitter. If you're following us at Dynasty Monarchy, this is a pro Mike Williams podcast. And unless you're talking to Peter. But for me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think Mike Williams is a great piece. But Peter, I'm stealing yours. You got to go get Stefan Diggs right now. I think he's being valued as a top eight wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver and not the top three talent that I believe he actually is. Um, Gabriel Davis is coming into the picture. People might think, Oh, that's bad for Stefan Diggs. I think that's good for Stefan Diggs. I think he, that offense over there has really been lacking a true number two uh, wide receiver weapon to take double coverage off of Stefan. Another thing that makes it hard for Stefan Diggs is he's, a high a dot guy when you're getting double team down the field with the safety coming over to help it's just tough for josh allen to kind of make that pass so i think gabriel davis also being a higher a dot guy is going to help out spread that field um, across both sidelines and open things up for digs and for me the biggest thing is the dude put up he had 164 targets last year only 103 catches the year prior though 166 targets so only two more than what he had last year he put up 127 catches so a little bit of so catch percentage wise in 2020 76.5 last year only 62.8 percent meet somewhere in the middle the guys catching 115 balls that is locked in floor for your for your team not to mention um you know i think this team's going to be elite again like i said gabriel davis is going to take coverage away anywhere from 10 to 15 touchdowns, I believe is well within the range of outcomes for Stefan Diggs this upcoming season. I think you'd be paying top eight wide receiver money to get a guy that could finish as the overall wide receiver one. So um, you're buying high, but I do think you could end up profiting at the end of it. I would give up, I would give up a, I'd probably give up two twenty-three first first if I'm, if I'm shoving right now and I got to go win, I, I would give up two twenty-three first first to go get him
2: hundred percent. I mean, he, Peter, you'll probably allude to it. You call him Mr. Consistency. That's his name in your team lineup right now. But I think Josh Allen's going to be MVP this year. JC, you kind of alluded to it with the bills having a great season. If Josh Allen's having an MVP season, who's he going to throw the ball to? Obviously it's digs. Yep. Um, I get they drafted Dallin cooks brother. I don't think the run games, anything to be worried about at all. They, if anything, Josh Allen's the biggest running threat there, but He's such a pure route runner. He gets the touchdowns. He's got the breakaway speed. He's got the yak. He really has everything you're looking for in a wide receiver. So, I mean, his value, like you said, Jason, you'll have to pay a pretty penny right now, probably two first for him. But, I mean, your ROI, you can be looking at him and flip him next season. I mean, he's only 27, 28 right now. He's got a couple more years left in him for sure. Yep. And one other thing, too,
3: 2020 – his, his best career year, he put up 1,535 yards. Last year, only 1,225. Meet that in the middle, we're talking 1,300, 1,400 yards on top of all those catches. I am just, I'm in love with Stephon Diggs. I love my Cooper Cup. I love my Justin Jefferson. But seeing uh, Stephon Diggs being ranked at wide receiver six 6'7 um, across some websites, I, I think he's going to be an absolute value as it goes to top-end wide receivers.
0: Diggs or Adams this year?
2: Digs by
3: a mile. I'd rather
2: digs too because he has Josh Allen. Yes, I get Adams is playing with his friend Derek Carr, future Hall of Famer Derek Carr. But give Derek Carr, me, give me digs, man. Yeah, Derek Carr's mid,
3: until he proves otherwise.
0: Dude, mid soup.
3: Mid soup. He is the pea soup. You know, we were talking about pea soup pre-podcast. Not too many folks like pea soup, but uh, those who like pea soup really love it, and I think that's how Derek Carr fans go.
0: All right, let's move forward i like Diggs, but I, i've talked about Diggs way too much on this podcast on how much i love him he is mr consistency let's keep moving forward max you're finally back around on the snake oh i almost got lost
2: in the snake honestly looking at this guy's stats and what he's been able to accomplish with the awful awful quarterback play of blake bortles justin fields i mean you name it andy dalton in chicago there for a while and now that he gets to play with matthew stafford in la uh there was reports that the rams are absolutely in love with Allen robinson i'm absolutely in love with Allen robinson 28 years old i mean he comes in as that number two receiver on the team he kind of plays that robert woods role bobby woods he would put up some great seasons and i even last year we were talking like oh robert woods or cooper cup yes cooper cup and matthew stafford they had an amazing year last year but i kind of look at it more like you know stafford and the time he had in detroit with just not that many options, he had Megatron. He wasn't winning games. He just had bad players surrounding him. And then he moves to L.A. and he wins. And it's the same thing as, like, Allen Robinson. He's going to come back. They obviously trust him. They gave him three years, $46.5 million. Um, but, I mean, even with bad quarterbacks, he put up 1,000 yards three times. The guy always has – he scored 14 touchdowns one year with Blake Bortles. If he can do that with Blake Bortles, imagine what he can do in that Rams offense with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. So. For his value, I mean, you could pay, honestly, I feel like an early second could get him, maybe a late first. I don't know what what he's going for right now. I don't know what you guys would pay for him. But I'd rather have him than guys like Keenan Allen or guys like – I'd rather have Mike Ebb over him. But he's he's young, 28, spare
3: value. Man, I I gotta say, I am I'm not really in on the A. Rob train. I, I'm really not. I to me, I just maybe I got a bad taste in my mouth, especially because I drafted a lot of him last year and he just straight up burnt me to a crisp. But I do think that is Cooper Cup's offense. I do think A. Rob is gonna have his games, but over his career, he's just been force-fed targets because he's been the only guy with decent talent on his teams, and I just. I wonder that he, I do think he's going to be a solid piece. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a flex more than a wide receiver two that I think a lot of people have him pegged at right now. I think he's going to be a touchdown or bust flex uh, moving forward. And I just, uh, especially if they add a third piece to that team, they already have Van Jefferson as an auxiliary piece. And if they bring back Odell, I, I worry about him throughout the course of the season, but maybe I'm wrong. I just, I don't see wide receiver two upside. I think it's going to be pretty boom bust flexy.
2: Um, I really and, see top 12 upside for him. I really oh, do.
3: that's, that is way, 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 way too high. I would, I would put a significant amount of money on the fact that he doesn't finish top 12 that I, I think top, I think with touchdowns carrying the way, I think he could end up being a back end top 24 guy, but I don't see top 12 at all.
0: It's just in flex
3: play consistent flex play and I think he'll win you weeks but I also think he's going to come around and lose you some weeks um you know I love Stafford I love that Rams offense but Stafford's also coming off of an arm surgery this year um not to mention the Super Bowl hangover I do think this offense might disappoint here for the first few weeks of the season Cam Akers still trying to come back from that Achilles I do think this team is it might disappoint and I think I think the whole offense, I think Cooper Cup's probably the safest bet at all. Actually, I know for sure he's the safest bet, and I, I'm not on the team a rob
2: If someone offered me a 23-second form, I would send him right on over. I, I don't – like, I think, obviously, Cooper Cup's the safest option after the season he had last year. But the price that you have to pay to acquire Cooper Cup is astronomical. It is absurd. It's crazy, right? And the price that you have to pay to get a Rob, another wide receiver, in that offense – Who's very, very talented and put up good numbers with bad quarterback play. It's crazy. And I'd rather take the value play in A Rob, who I really, I do strongly believe he could finish top 12. I, the one thing too is I don't think Stafford
3: has ever shown us that he can support two top 24 wide receivers. And if we think Cooper Cup's going to be a top five guy, that means someone else is losing. And I think, I, I would, I mean, I think A Rob probably, probably finishes outside of the top 20. I I would put some money on that.
0: When I think of Allen Robinson, I always thought of consistency. And then last year, he broke our trust. This upcoming year with Stafford. I don't think he has top 12 upside. It's going to be very hard to have an offense where there are two top 12 receivers. Outside of an injury, Cooper Cup is not going to be outside of that top 12 top. Let's say his worst year, top 16 space. Right. So when I think about A-Rob, I think he's going to be a consistent flex stream play, you know, wide receiver to play given some bye week scenarios, but I just really don't see the, the absolute upside that everybody else is seeing.
3: Yeah. I, you know, it's just, I think he's, I think he's a great add for their team professionally. I think he's very well needed. And I think he adds an element that they need, which is He's been a big contested catch guy his entire career. And a lot of that's not his fault. I know the separation metrics haven't always favored him, but a lot of it was Mitchell Trubisky and all these bums throwing him balls. So of course he's going to have to go catch uh, contested balls. But looking at his, uh, his yak per reception over the past few years, 2.7, 3.1, 2.8, 3.9, like those are, those are some pretty miserable numbers. And he doesn't do much other than go up and get the ball. So I just, you know, I, I think it's just gonna be really boom bust and, you know, if I'm playing uh, best ball, I think he's a great guy to add, especially at his relative price. I think he can easily grab you two touchdowns, three touchdowns here and there for sure, uh, being the kind of player that he is. But I think all those targets are going straight on over to Cooper Cup. I think uh, the connection developed last year is only gonna improve this upcoming season.
0: All right, let's take a move over to tight end now, and we all have three, just like the snake draft promised. Max, you're back up.
2: Yeah, I mean tight end, it's such a when you're looking for value and you're looking at like a competitor roster, it's really tough. Peter, you definitely have the best tight end. Uh, I almost want you to start just because your tight end is, it's very good. But I will start because it is a true snake here on the show, and mine's Dalton Schultz. If he could get his contract if he can get his contract resolved and play in Dallas. I think he's due for a year, just like last year. I mean, no Amari Cooper, uh, get that offensive line, got a little worse there. Gallup's a little banged up right now, but he'd be that number two, number three option on a pass first team. And the Cowboys know how to score points in a lot of them and Dak has this chemistry with him. So if he stays in Dallas, I think he'll be great. If he sits out and, and goes on a contract thing and goes on to a different team i think he's just a -A jag man i think he's just another guy i think the dallas offense and system really helps him out so i'm banking on him being in dallas and putting up a lot of touchdowns for the amount of points that dallas scores
3: yeah dalton schultz is a real weird one i think a lot of what i'd be willing to pay for him has to do with the size of my league the, the larger my league is, if I'm talking 14, 15, 16, oh, you're probably not doing 15, but 16 teams, more often than not, the guy you're going up against is going to have a tight end just as bad as yours. So at that point, I'm not paying a premium for Dalton Schultz just because I don't think he's going to give you a whole lot of top-end games. I think he's going to be more of a guy that's not going to burn you. I think he's going to get you that 10 to 12 in uh, half PPR, and he's just not going to sink your boat um and to me if if it's a deep league that's just not going to cut it i'm shooting for the fence i'm swinging for the fences at that point give me a guy that can give me 30 yards and two touchdowns on a fluke um but if i'm in a 10 teamer and you know i just don't want that position to sink me this is a perfect guy to go get and max I'm, the contract is huge if he's not going to be in dallas is where he's probably the next austin hooper who uh tight end that had a giant year and then got signed to a big contract from someone else and then just farted out so um you know blake Jarwin was the tight end one in dallas for a long time until he got hurt and then dalton schultz just came up out of nowhere and filled that role um so i you know it's not like he was a big prospect or someone we were waiting for for a long time it just kind of happened so i would tread lightly i i would avoid any first round draft capital, if that's what people are asking for. Um, if I'm in a 10 to 12 team or sure. A couple, couple seconds at 23 second and a 24 second. That, that's kind of the price I'm trying to pay for him. Cause I think there's a lot
2: of risk involved, uh, especially with that contract situation. 100%. Like I, I don't, I think he's, I mean, I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and pick Mark Andrews or Kelsey or Kittle or Waller. Um, we're looking for these guys that, you know, have the value, I think. Yeah. His price for two seconds is pretty fair. But like you said, I mean, it's he could be a nobody next year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love the scenario. I love the situation that he's in. Dak, obviously last year, showed that he loved to throw to the tight end. Zeke's wheels are starting to fall off. Unless they start working Pollard more into the uh, passing game, I, I really don't think anybody's going to be a big problem. For Schultz moving forward this upcoming season, um, but beyond that, I, I just feel like tight end is such like we mentioned earlier dart throw. You're looking, we've mentioned it on the podcast before. Again, you're looking for you know x amount of yards, a couple catches, and a touchdown from your tight end, especially in a competitor like styled uh, approach for your team. In my opinion, I think Schultz is right up there for the value. Uh, with all the other guys, but let's keep moving forward. Jace, who's yours?
3: Yeah, we were, we were digging through the scraps here, trying to give you guys some value here and ultimate value to me is Hunter Henry over there in new England. Hunter Henry's a guy who last year put up nine touchdowns, was never really a big touchdown guy, his whole career, but last year Mac Jones and him showed a, they showed a large connection in the red zone Um, where it counts and I just talked about how bad tight end is, especially, uh, you know, as your league size grows, all you're hoping for is a touchdown and I think the connection developed last year between Mac Jones and Hunter Henry is going to carry over pretty good and I think he's just a really solid bet to just win you a week on 40 yards and a touchdown, so it's Hunter Henry, I don't have any like hard-hitting analysis, I just think out of the scrap heap that we're going to be talking about, I think he can just
2: win you some weeks. And that's what I want out of that position. That's really all you can ask out of that position. I mean, when you really think about like the NFL and especially fantasy, like tight end positions, it's just so bad and teams don't really heavily invest in the position either. Like Trey McBride was considered a very good tight end this year and he was drafted in what the second round. So, I mean, you really have to be a unique talent. Like TJ Hawkinson was eighth overall. Kyle Pitts obviously was fourth overall. Um, I think teams, like if you have an elite tight end, you have an advantage, but in a 32 team NFL league, a lot of people just have the average Joe Schmo tight end that can block, go out, catch some passes. You don't have the Kelsey Andrews Pitts, whatever it is. Um, but back to Hunter Henry, I remember last year, Chase, it's funny because you were on the Johnny Smith train so big last year. So big. And, uh, it's funny to see how you kind of came around there. But when you look at the receivers in new England, I mean, you got Jacoby Myers, and then it's like about it, I feel like. So, obviously, they like to run the ball, but that'll use tight end play actions and stuff like that. So, like you said, Jace, if he can score some touchdowns, get 30 yards and a touchdown, great. You can plug and play him, but I don't think he's going to win you leagues.
3: Yeah, and I just want to chime in, too. Tight ends always develop really late. Hunter Henry's going to be 28 this upcoming season. That's like prime tight end age. Uh, I mean, we just got done watching Travis Kelsey bust through that that age right there as the tight end one for year after year, and you know it was it was Hunter Henry's first year with a rookie quarterback in a very complex system. So if he put up 12 to 14 touchdowns, I feel like I've said that a lot this year, but I, I'm bringing up a lot of touch high upside uh, touchdown guys, and that's that's a good range for them to land in. I, it really wouldn't shock me if he put up 14 touchdowns, and you know maybe he only puts up. Let's see, last year he put up 603 yards. If he put up 600 yards again and 14 touchdowns, that would not surprise me one bit, Um, especially if Mac Jones is going to take a step forward and that offense is putting up points like it was last year.
0: Yeah, we have a new play caller in New England. So my only um, worry is that they run the ball more in the end zone. I know last year they ran the ball a lot, but Hunter Henry is going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of proven value as that big bodied target. I can't see anybody else on this roster outside of the other tight end, John Smith, that is going to provide that for Mac Jones this upcoming season. I think if the team kind of wises, wises up and starts using the tight end more, he could have top four written all over him, potentially finishing at that number four spot.
3: Totally. Uh, it's It's right there. I think he showed a lot last year. It's just, touchdowns aren't sticky. So if he also put up three touchdowns this upcoming season also wouldn't surprise me well within the realm of possibilities.
0: All right. And then did we discuss what we'd be willing to give up for Hunter Henry?
3: Oof. I mean, like I said, our boy, Kevin Kukla, it seemed like he was about to drop him. I think I almost, I think I proposed a three-way trade at one point and I was giving up Tyler Bass, the kicker for uh, the Buffalo bills. And I was going to receive Hunter Henry. And I think Kevin, I might be uh, misreading things because the deal didn't go through and different people didn't look at the deal at the right time. But I think Kevin would have been intrigued at that point in time to give me Hunter Henry for a kicker. So a 24 second or a package of a 24 second, a 25 second, I feel like you might get that done from the right owner. And I would pay that.
2: Yeah, I'd pay a 25 second because I value those pretty much worthless. 24 second. I don't think I'd pay that for Hunter Henry.
3: That, yep. And that, that is definitely fair. That is definitely fair. He's touchdown or bust.
0: All right, let's keep moving on. Last one here, last one for tight ends. Then we're going to wrap up the episode, give a clue for our Jersey giveaway, but mine is Zach Ertz from the former Philadelphia Eagles. Now playing for the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like no one is there. That's my pure rationale. He's always been, you know, let's say, quote unquote, top six tight end. His whole career last year had a little bit of a down year with the Jalen Hurts led Philadelphia Eagles, then adjusting back to Arizona. But he is the only guy in town. You have Hollywood Brown who's going to be good for some deep shots. Not really the best short game. Trey McBride, who's a rookie, who obviously they find valuable but not that valuable given the fact that Zach Ertz is still there i think kyler murray is going to dump the ball down to him this upcoming season there's no hopkins for the first couple games to get those easy receptions zach ertz has been a security blanket in philadelphia his whole career and i think it's going to move on next year in arizona
2: when he got going in Arizona last year and like got that rapport down with Kyler Murray after the trade and everything, his back half of the season was really, I mean, really solid. He was playing obviously 90 plus percentage, but his targets were 11, 13, nine, 10, in the last four games. And he didn't score in any of those games and still had 10, nine, seven, 12 points and half point PPR. So you imagine if he scores a touchdown in just a couple of those games, we're talking about him in a whole different light. I feel like, um he only scored two touchdowns i believe three touchdowns in arizona so i think for his big body the deal that they gave him was three years 30 million i believe they obviously see something in him he used to be valued at one of like the best tight ends in philadelphia um not in philadelphia just in the league like everyone's like oh you got kelsey got Ertz. so i think his value is league winning
0: yeah, I
3: agree. Peter straight up stole this one from me. I couldn't think of him in time. Um, Zach Ertz, 81 targets in 11 games with in Arizona. And part of that time he was trying to learn the offense. I remember multiple times him getting yanked off the field because he was running the wrong route or missing a blocking assignment. But if you take 81 targets over the 11 games and average it out to an 18-game season, 132 targets. That is, if you're telling me my tight end is going to get 132 targets you i'm thinking oh yeah you're talking like darren waller you're talking travis kelsey one of these top end guys and no it's Zach it's a guy that you can easily acquire for a 23 second at this point at his age um that's something i would 100 be willing to do and also i think this conversation lends itself to uh you know this is a contender special but trey mcbride i think he's going to take a sizable hit to his fantasy value this upcoming season i think he's going to have a hard time seeing the field hard time getting targets in that offense and uh, he just went as a high-end second round pick in our rookie draft where people are relatively plugged in maybe a mid-second in other drafts man i think his value is going to hit an all-time low after this next season or two and uh once zacherts is out trey mcbride stepping in and i think we're going to be seeing a, a top seven tight end for the years to come so uh just if you're looking to go acquire trey mcbride right now hold your horses give it this season you'll get him for a third
0: yeah I I love Ertz and Trey McBride is one of my first loves from this offseason uh Jets Twitter he was he was a Jet for all about uh, a couple days there very sad
3: we're no we're glad he's not we're glad he's not he he would Garrett Wilson and uh Elijah Morgan be taking too many targets I'm glad he's in Arizona
0: yeah but no, I do think Zach Ertz has the possibility to break lineups this year. Speaking about that, I have Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard and our most important league Dallas Goddard being my backup tight end. I wouldn't mind going out and taking a downgrade quote unquote in Dallas Goddard and down quote unquote downgrading to Zach Ertz and getting some more value in a better position moving forward. So this conversation kind of sparked my interest in potentially moving for earths this upcoming season a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I don't, I would rather have Ertz than Goddard. Yep.
3: Me, me too. And I think I was about to say, if you can, if you could get anything thrown on top of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even if it was a 25 second or a 25, anything thrown on top for a Goddard Ertz trade uh, where you're receiving Ertz and giving away Goddard, Give me that all day because I I just think Ertz is the better option. And I think that Arizona Cardinals offense loves to throw to their tight ends. I also did the math on that 11-game pace yardage-wise for Zach Ertz, 939 yards. That, I mean, Dalton Schultz, I believe, put up 903, I said, last year. And people are talking about paying first-rounders for him. Uh, I mean, this is a guy you can acquire at a really, really cheap price. And uh, I, I love this pick. This is my favorite one out of all of ours
0: ballin' ballin' on a budget all of us out here. What the pieces that you need for cheap? The piece that you need to win for cheap. Yeah, baby. That baby. was our contender breakdown, our contender little special there. We are going to wrap up the show here, but really quick before we do that, we did want to tease the jersey giveaway. Jace, I think you have the next 10.
3: So this one, we've been, we've been giving you guys some kind of distant hints we don't want to give you the answer right away but that's why we're giving you so many free entries first off we just told you it was an NFL running back and if you guessed right you got yourself 10 free entries into our giveaway then we told you that this running back racked up 900 yards or more on the ground last season um, and that was for seven free entries this year we're going to narrow it down quite a bit we're getting really close to giving this thing away I think the next hint we give away next week is going to be I mean, if you don't know, you probably should know. But this hint, we're going to narrow it down. It's four teams. This guy is a member of the AFC West. So take your guesses. We got four teams in the AFC West. I'll list them out right here. In case you're listening, you don't know, like I usually don't know. Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, and Denver Broncos. He is on one of those teams. So take your guesses, and we're giving away. How about we give them a nice little five-piece, little five-piece.
0: Five extra entries. I'm all down for that. Five extra entries. If you guess it correctly, we're going to be tweeting it out at dynasty monarchy on Twitter. So if you do follow us on Twitter make sure you follow, subscribe, do whatever you have to do over there on Twitter to make sure that we know that you like what we're doing over there. Um, and you can enter and if you guess correctly on the tweet that we'll be posting, you'll get five extra entries into the giveaway.
3: Yep. And another disclaimer, I've I've tweeted out every time I've tweeted out the hints, but you will not know if you are correct or incorrect. We were we're going to like your tweet just so you know that your voice was heard and your guess was recorded. We will keep a running tally for correct guesses and the amount of free entries that you get on the back end of things. Um, We'll be super transparent about that, but you just you will not know. So uh, there's that. And you only get one guess. So don't be firing out four guesses here trying to get one. It doesn't
2: count. So I'm actually willing, uh, I don't. I have not talked to the monarchs about this, but I guess I have their approval. I'm willing to give 15 extra entries if you listened all the way to the end of this episode. And if you have not left us a, f- a review on Apple Pod or Spotify yet, if you leave us a review and we see that it is passed, uh, obviously July 28th or greater with your name, we will give you 15 entries um, to the contest.
3: We love that. We love that. Leave us a review.
0: Absolutely. We got a great review the other day. I remember seeing it brought some smiles to my faces, not my multiple faces, brought a smile to my face. Uh, But, you know, as we're wrapping up our 50th episode here, 5-0, just being able to see that and uh, hearing from all of you out there on the Twitter sphere uh, and all the leagues that we do, we really do appreciate all the love and support that you do give and just know that, while every week is week to week, we do have big plans. We have very big plans for podcasts moving forward. You know, what they say if you do something for three weeks, it becomes a habit. You know, we've been doing it for 50 weeks in a row now. So it's just as ingrained to our lives as it is to you for listening. So we did want to thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to pop in and say thank you to all you guys in Monarchy. We just hit 800 followers on Twitter. Uh, None of that is possible without you guys. We're trying to pump out a lot of good content on our Twitter page. So we appreciate all the feedback on there. Uh, We're constantly trying to improve the podcast, improve our content on there. So we we do appreciate uh, all the feedback that we get. All right, that's going to be all from us this week.
0: Follow us on Apple Pods, Spotify, however you get your podcast formats. Follow us on Twitter at DynastyMonarchy. Use our code on Underdog Fantasy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, to get a $100 free deposit match in bonus cash. Again, we wanted to thank you all for making it to the end. We really, really, really appreciate it. 50, 50 in the books. Here's to 51 next week and 52, one year anniversary coming up in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace out.
1: Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.